All right, RTT 42. 42. Number 42, Rogue Table Talks. Dot Amen. We're in a new series. Yes. It is just amen. Just amen. You can call it whatever. <laughs> just amen. Anyway, the series on prayer, as everyone else will call it, probably. Um, <laughs> and it's going to go, it's going to lead us up to Easter. Yes. Straight up. 40 Straight days. Up. 40 days. Kicks off the Lenten. Right. 40-ish days. Fine. Right. 40-ish. Right. Jacob's over there calling yeah. us out. I'll do the math. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's seven days in a week and 40 days, and it just doesn't divide evenly, but right. whatever. Yeah. yeah. We're close enough. Um, okay, but we're going to talk about prayer, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to ask, I want to start with a basic question, like, what is it? Ooh. What is prayer? Like, okay, let's pray. What are we doing? What do we mean by it? What do we, how do we think of it? Hmm. Or... Not just actually what the correct answer is, but what is our assumed answer lots of the times? Because I'm not sure it's the same thing. Yeah. Man, man, you dove right right in. in. What is it? Uh, Correct answer, assumed answer. Prayer is communion. It's a conversation between you and God. Um, Prayer could be just assumed answer could be something you do as a formality like a check the box like we prayed before dinner mm-hmm. it's something not we're bad supposed to do yeah this is what we do we pray for dinner because you're supposed mm-hmm. to be thankful for the food mm-hmm. um prayer could be like i need something different in my life i need something to happen mm-hmm. i need something mm-hmm. to change right and i can't do that right so i need to ask somebody i'm desperate than, yeah. for some change yeah uh, so in that sense, and all of those things, but that's all I got. I'm done for all those things. Partly minutes. are true, but it, so it's a conversation. So it's us communicating with God, and it's a conversation in a sense. But it's unlike mm. other kind. You know, it's unlike a conversation we would have a person in the room where they're speaking to us in real time, at least in the same language. Where, I mean, I don't hear back from God in English in between each of my sentences. So it's- wait. Does, am I? I think you're the only am one. I'm the only one. Okay, um, but there is, but this is a sense of okay. I'm communicating with God. It it sort of implies something about who God is and who God who I am that I'm not sure we always like live up to or you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like a foreign or formal or dry or something a lot of the times, which. I'm not sure where that's coming from. Yeah. Um, it does feel like there's a significant mystery. If you step back, I don't know if you raised in the church, around mm-hmm. the church, so prayer seems like you're common. You've heard things taught about it. You do it. But if you step back a second, you're a physical being, mm-hmm. and you look at uh, theology, teaches a God a spirit. Right. Right? John 4, mm-hmm. worship in spirit and truth. You're a physical being talking to a spiritual being who you can't see. Right. And you can't audibly hear. Right. And so, yeah, it's a conversation like no other. The conversation There's like a tagline. No other. Yes. Prayer. <laughs> a conversation like no other. Uh, yeah. Maybe that'll go on Just Hallmark. To, no, yeah, nobody else would like it. it. <laughs> um, and so, because we sort of... I think we can sort of, I don't know, forget what it is or whatever. I think there's a lot of obstacles 
to prayer, mm-hmm. obstacles to prayer that the kind of prayer we ought to have, even if we're having prayer, even if we're checking the box, something that maybe keeps us from checking the box or something that makes us only check the box. Uh, you know, we can, you can make a list of things that, um, you know, maybe guilt. Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about prayer, you immediately start uh, to feel guilty yeah. because I don't pray as much as I think I should. Yeah, I don't pray as much as I think I should. Or I know I've got sin in my life, and then praying is sort of, um, you know, uh, unmasking that to mm-hmm. some degree. Mm-hmm. Which is, in a way, theologically, for most of us, we would say that's silly because God already knows about it. But it's really just my own subjective experience. Maybe there's some sort of thing I've been avoiding, and mm-hmm. I don't. I avoid it by not praying. So that's an obstacle. That's good. Uh, the other side of that coin is I maybe I've sinned in my life, so I feel unworthy. So until I clean this up, I'm not right. going to talk to God. That's right. Yep. You right. Know. right. So there's shame. There's guilt. Uh, it could be. Maybe the other end of the spectrum, there's independence, pride, self-sufficiency. Like, I don't really feel like I need to do it. I'll do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I've got... It's good. I got a good job and house and money and healthy. And it's, you know, it's all good. I'll pray for other people from time to time. But I don't, I don't need to pray. Uh, and I do think that's more of a transactional view of like, mm-hmm. that's probably, so that, that's what I'm trying to get to is I think our, our attitude on prayer reveals something about our attitude with our relationship with God. Like if I'm thinking that, then really my relationship with God is just pretty transactional. It's pretty much like, I'll come, I'll talk to you when I need something from you later. Right now I don't need anything from you. And that's not really about prayer. It's about mm-hmm. My relationship with God maybe writ larger than that, hmm. uh, I because I've I'm I'm sure I've been in that situation where I don't pray very much and really it reveals some sort of lack of dependence or lack of vulnerability or humility before God, sort of an independence, sort of a I got it, it's good, life's good now, so I don't need to pray very much. Yeah, well, we typically think about God through pictures that mm-hmm. we see, so it's almost like it's the child going to the parent for stuff that they need. Oh, you know what? Can I right. get some lunch money? Right. I need this for the movies. Can I right. get this? Whereas it's not much of a relational connection. Yeah. It's very much like um, uh, the, a big candy machine dispenser. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? I right. put this in. This is what I need. Mm-hmm. It's very transactional. Yeah, and it's a false picture because even if we were transactional and if we were honest about it, we do need. Mm-hmm. So it's like a it's like a pretend... I don't need the transaction when you actually do need, like you don't, you really don't have it. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. Theologically, that's probably the furthest posture from reality. mm -hmm. Right. But I don't need anything. Not lean on or depend on God in prayer. Yeah. Um, In Jesus, there's a couple of passages that we want to look at. There's one that um, it's, it's an interesting passage uh, and it's there's a there's another similar one. This is this one's Luke eighteen one through eight, um, and verse one. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, "Give me justice against my adversary." 
For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not be now by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not the God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so this is this very, I mean, it seems like a strange picture. He's saying there's this judge who's not a good person, is what he's saying. He doesn't fear God. He doesn't respect man. And this widow is coming to him saying, give me justice. And for a while he refused. He didn't care. But afterwards, he's like, I don't fear God. I don't respect man. I just want her to stop. So I'll give her justice. And then... Jesus compares that to God, that will not God give justice, unlike the unrighteous uh, judge who doesn't fear God nor respect men, he will give justice to his people. And there's this, it seems like there's this sense he's addressing, perhaps is, you know, one of the pictures that we have of God is of this unrighteous judge who doesn't care about me and doesn't really care about doing right. Uh, and Jesus is saying the widow even got what she wanted from that. So that this, he's almost addressing the sense of, does God care? Does this matter? Is anyone listening? Um, does God love me? Or is, mm -hmm. he, is, is my secret fear that God's like this unrighteous judge, distant, uncaring? Mm. Uh, and Jesus is saying even the widow got justice from that imaginary picture when God does love and does will, and will give. Um, and I do feel like that sort of gets to the heart of something like, is this making any difference? Mm. Is, right? Yeah. Is there, it is an act of faith, in other words. Something about prayer, it's not just a transaction and it's not just a duty. There's a sense of it's an acting out of my faith, that there's something about praying that's recognizing that here I am talking to this God I believe in. Yeah. I'm not just saying propositionally I believe in him. I'm praising him, I'm thanking him, I'm asking him for, I'm pleading my case. And that takes some sense of faith that someone's there, that God is good, that God is loving, that God cares. And I think we can grow in our, if we're really honest with ourselves, we can grow to doubt that. Yeah, I think as you're talking, I'm thinking, yeah, if I if I'm aware of my prayer life or whatever, you know, small or large, whatever it is, it probably will instruct me what I really think about who God is. Right. That's right. Um, it will tell the tale more honestly than what I say I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Do I think that, let's just, on the other end of this conversation, that there is someone who loves me more than right. I could imagine, someone who has promised to hear me, someone who has my best interests mm -hmm. in mind mm -hmm. in all of this. Mm -hmm. And do, do I trust that? Right. Right. And I think probably all of us have been in situations where we prayed for something for a long time and it seems like nothing's happening. Yeah. Because the, the other thing I think this hints at, I, I do think it's a counter picture of who God is. The other two things I think it hints at is you see here that prayer 
somehow mysteriously can partner with God to effect change on the earth. He yeah. says he'll give justice right. to people who... Something happened. Something happens. Um, so that's one part, is does prayer actually do anything? And then uh, the the perseverance and the relentlessness of what was it that tipped right. the judge's hand in her favor? It right. was that she didn't leave him alone. Right. She just kept, kept right. asking, so to speak. Right. So there's some sort of you know, recommendation to us to keep praying, you know, the first verse, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And of course, we don't always pray sometimes because we do lose heart. And um, I think this sense of like, does it make a difference? Is anyone listening? Um, So then what do we tell somebody? You've had this, I'm sure. Somebody has said, "Well, I, pr- I prayed for that for years. Nothing happened." Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, right? I've, you've been there. I've been there. People have said that to us, um, and I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tricky pastoral situation. It is because it kind of you can't. There's no one right answer for that. It kind of depends on the person and what they're really and what they're saying, asking what and they're really asking. Right. Um, but I would, I would say there. Like, I don't know nothing's happened, for one thing. Yeah, so you, you know, for example, I prayed for so-and-so, my, you know, granddad to become a Christian, and I don't know what happened on his deathbed, Mm -hmm. but I prayed for that, and it didn't seem to do anything. Well, part of that reality is, having talked with our pastoral care uh, pastor here, is he, he says, all the time on when people are faced with death... Um, you don't know what's going on. You don't. Right. And 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 right. often it's then that they're crying out to God. Right. And Jesus tells clear parables about people who cry out in the eleventh hour. Right. They get grace just right. the same as that's right. As yeah. We, so so yeah, it's you we don't it's that faith component and the mystery component of I don't get to know what impact I usually don't get to know what impact the prayers are having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I don't get to always see or the measurement of Aha, I prayed for that. I would argue oftentimes it's because God is protecting me from spiritual pride. Like, mm-hmm. if I right. get to see all the things that I, right. all my amazing prayers do. <laughs> That's right. It was pro- If it was good for me to know that, I guess I would know it probably. Yeah. Um, so, and I think you talked earlier about, um, earlier today, about kind of the two, the two opposite errors of prayer mm-hmm. that we're sort of verging on now, mm-hmm. like... One of them is like a closed universe, like it, like it doesn't matter, like nothing's going to change. You know, yeah. it's sort of the naturalistic view of things that, yeah, yeah, fine, you can pray, but then you, somebody's got to get up and do stuff because, sure, you know, it's just prayer. Yeah, so the, that error, you could call it quite a few different things: uh, closed universe, um, theologically speaking. You know, God is so sovereign that humanity doesn't really have a lot of... Right. God's sovereignty has it's already happening. been worked out. It's, it's more happened. fatalistic. Yeah. Um, so you just... Prayer is more about just either... It's something we're supposed to do, yeah. but it doesn't actually change anything in the real world. It doesn't change anything. Because that's all been predetermined. Right? All been predetermined. Um, the other side is you kind of exalt humankind free will, where God is uh, completely at the mercy of prayer. 
where it's like a genie he's like he nothing happens if you don't pray speak it into existence yeah oh that that type of thing so to me those are two common theological errors where i think the bible presents a more complex picture of god tabernacling with us and now through the holy spirit in us so we are that meeting point between heaven and earth and so we pray to help shape things according to the kingdom, according mm-hmm. to his will. Right. But it's still him bringing it into effect as he wills. We're submitting our prayers. We're submitting ourselves in prayer. And it's still him bringing about the effect as he desires. And I would say, here's a one way to say it, and I think it's true. The universe is tilted in favor of our growth. Mm-hmm. Which simply means, and I said it earlier, best interest. That doesn't mean I get what I want, because that may not be my best interest. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, right. you know, so this thing happens in so-and-so's life. They lost their job, and I prayed that they get a job, and it didn't happen. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not the all-wise all creator of the universe, mm-hmm. so I don't really get to say, like, what's the best outcome. Right. Because I don't know. Because I don't know. that humility dependency thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so with that, there's just seems like there's a sense that um, prayer is about more than making stuff happen. Yeah. That it can make stuff happen, that it does make stuff happen. But some of the stuff it makes happen are that prayer is formational. So it's the very act of going to God in prayer repeatedly, bringing needs, bringing dependencies, bringing vulnerabilities bringing things we're angry about, things we're worried about, things we're afraid of, that whole process, no matter what the outcome of those particular prayers are, that very process of coming to Lord in prayer is formational for me, it, right. right? It's changing me. That part of the point of prayer is not just, again, it's hard for us not to think about it in a transactional sense. Part of the point of prayer is this sense of faith and dependence that it's, God is forming me, right? And I think that extends to really a lot of, of the Christian life, that part of the point of serving isn't so that you do this awesome service thing that you can then look at and say, I did this awesome service thing. Um, because I do think this same sort of obstacle gets in the way of people serving. Like, I don't think it makes any difference. Or I don't see, you know... But the very act of I'm offering myself up to serve in God's kingdom on a regular basis, whatever else it produces, it's forming me in some way. That is, like, you can't be formed in that sense any other way, right? No, I think that's crucial because you just reminded me, I, I think we we live in a, I'm going to be critical, but I'm trying to have a gracious tone. We live in a culture that reflects we still have some growing up to do. We haven't quite quite grown into mature, emotional, spiritual people mm-hmm. where we can handle an insult or whatever, or we're not, you know, withdrawing into our tribes and picking fights. And we're kind of adolescents, so mm-hmm. to speak, I think. And so what this does is it plays a role, and I think the church we're involved in that, so it plays a role in our prayer life to say, I need to see the outcomes. If I'm if I'm not seeing the outcomes, then I get really discouraged about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this ego stroke of like, well, that's just a waste of time. I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. Right. And so I think that's crucial. I think it was Kierkegaard who talked about prayer does not necessarily 
it's not about trying to uh, accomplish God's will out there. It's about submitting myself to God's will. Mm-hmm. Like right. I yes. totally butchered <laughs> that yeah. quote right. completely, even though I just read it. Um, but it's it is a you think about someone who goes and practices um, a thousand jump shots a day. Mm-hmm. Like part of the reason they're practicing a thousand jump shots a day is for muscle memory. Yeah, right. And so yes, of course they're trying to make the shot, but it's, it's a mutual yeah. relationship of shaping their who they are. I think that's right. I do think, yeah, we, if we don't see something and I think it could be out of pride and or out of insecurity, like, I don't think this is going to make any difference. Oh, see, it didn't make any difference. (laughs) Sure. It's the same sort. It's a, you know, from too much strength or too much weakness. And I do think that's because, you know, whether it's giving, well, I don't, my giving, I mean, Jesus, the the widow with the two mites, why did she give more? Because she is, it's really about her heart in giving Um, because, you know, at Jesus is not saying, you know, who to her sense was worth more money than every, everyone else, but it was worth more in a spiritual sense that really gets at the heart of why it's important to give. So what is that? Cause I think, I think you're onto something mm-hmm. that's a deeper malaise that gets in the way of prayer. It's something like, I don't actually believe that what I'm praying matters. I don't believe what right. I'm doing matters. Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah, I, I feel like there's a, it's a powerlessness. You know, we, we're living spiritual lives that seem powerless to us. And part of it is, I think there's two, I think it's, there's a couple of things. I think one of the things that's, that's somewhat self-fulfilling, the, the sense of powerlessness and the sense of our own maybe inadequacy keeps us from the formational activities that would actually build our faith, right? It's, I don't make any jump shots, so I don't take the thousand jump shots. So I never get any better at the jump shots. It's that same sort of, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a very strong Christian. I'm not a very good spiritual person. Um, and instead of causing that to, driving that new to the scriptures more or praying more or whatever, it actually keeps you back because I'm not good at that. And therefore, I don't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's sort of this negative self-fulfillment loop uh, on the spiritual sense. And I think that, uh, you know, on the other sense, there's, those, there's, there's a sort of a, you know, an overly self-sufficient thing that does sort of the same, same thing. And I think we sort of are the sense that, that God has a life for us that's way bigger than we, th- we will ever imagine. And if I really believed that, I would participate in it a little bit more. And the fact that I don't is sort of betraying this sense that that this big life of meaningful, flourishing something, significance, joy, shalom, is there for me. Um, if I believed it, I would sort of step into it. And me not stepping into it is sort of an, I don't believe it, and it's sort of self-reinforcing, like it's sort of making, it's sort of making it true, sort of making all my fears true. And I'm, I'm a spiritual weakling, so I don't read, pray, serve, give, which is not strengthening me spiritually, and so on and so on. And I do think that that's part of the point of prayer, even if you pray the Lord's Prayer every day, and that's all you do, not that that's a bad thing. There's some sense of, okay, this is a spiritually forming thing that corresponds with who I am in Christ and the life he has for me. And he, by faith, he's going to do, I don't see how, but he's going to do something 
in this that I don't understand or see or know. Um, and I think that um, because we live in this transactional consumeristic service-oriented age, it's just hard for us to see that. It really is very, if we lived, if we were more helpless in, in, the, in the rest of our life, or seemed helpless, like for food or shelter, I think it would be different. But because we're, we don't want to be helpless and we want to think we're not helpless, you know, to say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm spiritually helpless. I need these spiritually forming activities. Um, it's just not something that's natural to us. Well, I don't, I don't think this is in your passages on the notes, but it reminds me of um, Jesus' response to the Pharisees. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Right. And if you think you're healthy, you're not going to go to the right. doctor. Right. I'm good. Right. I'm fine. Right. But the human condition, Jesus is trying to help us see that we're probably more sick than we actually know. Yeah. Right. And what's the one thing a sick person wants? To get better. That, yeah. And so if we can see ourselves, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. This is invitation. By faith. I'm way more dependent than I realize. Right. right. And that he's in a sense praising the sick in that passage in defense of all these people that are coming to him. Like they're doing the right thing. They're sick and they need the doctor. Yeah. Um, you don't think you're sick, so you don't think you need the doctor is basically what he's saying, right? Right. So how do, how do I tend times a day tell myself that I'm not sick. Mm -hmm. well, I'm, I'm pretty loving. Mm -hmm. No, I got this figured out. Mm -hmm. uh, right. No, I can muscle I that. did the right thing there. Yeah. Right. I did the right Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I don't have mixed motives. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> I can, I'm going to walk in and teach this thing without praying because I, I, I mm -hmm. can do it. Right. Whatever. I'll be fine. Yeah. And maybe mm -hmm. you can do it. Maybe mm -hmm. you're that skilled and that smart and that gifted, but the impact, like the fruit that gets, that comes forth that happens through prayer. That happens through prayer. Right. It happens through a spiritual thing. And then the formation of teaching something after being dependent in prayer is on my own heart is different from me teaching it on my own. Yeah. I do think too, there's so Ephesians 3, uh, 14 through 21 is one of these big prayers that Paul prays. And I do think part of our problem is we don't pray big enough prayers. Um, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend all the, with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so there's this, I mean, this big prayer that you'd be strengthened in the spirit in your inner being and you'd be rooted and grounded in love. You'd comprehend, you know, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth that you'd know the love of God, that he can do more than we can ask or imagine. Um, I think we... It's, a, it's another self-reinforcing loop that we will stay in our small lives and pray about small things. Right. And then that doesn't actually, um, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't, like this is real. Like we are living in this big story that he does have this future in us, that he can do more than we can ask or imagine. And then he does want us to know the love of Christ. 
And that should be a context for all the other prayers. Like maybe in not healing so-and-so, he's doing one of these things or through some other no in this specific thing I'm praying for, he's rooting me in my faith and strengthening uh, me in love or strengthening my compassion for someone else in the same situation or whatever it is that seems way beyond me. Yeah. And I do think we we don't pray big prayers yeah. enough. And you see them you see them in the Bible and they just well that just sounds like a I mean no actual person prays that prayer. <laughs> right. Yeah what's the James five passage? It reiterates Elijah right. who prayed and the rain was withheld. Right. That's a big prayer. Right, the prayer of the righteous avails much. Yeah. And, and do I really believe that? It's like you said, it's not like a magic thing. Right. But it means something. As an aside, for any helpful resources for people in this conversation, uh, someone who I think does really well it would be the chapter on prayer in the Celebration of Disciplines by Richard mm-hmm. Foster. Yeah. Is it's rooted in scripture and it's very mm-hmm. uh, focuses on it's God's power and God's will, but it's also, but yet you pray for your child's fever and you mm-hmm. pray for these right. things to expect, hope God to intervene. Anyways, I, th- and, I thought, yeah, and both are true, right. and, but one context informs the other. Yeah. Like the other thing I'm praying for is not, it happens within the context of this bigger story. right? And that really matters. It changes things and it changes my perspective and it forms me as I'm praying that. And so when I think, when we get frustrated or discouraged or disillusioned, we probably need to trace that further on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is God inviting me to that, you know, I had a sick kid for five days a few weeks ago. And what is God inviting me to that after day two, they still have a fever and it's making life complicated and Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, right. Whatever that is. Like, I'm frustrated. Okay, well, what is God inviting me to? Mm -hmm. Humility, surrender, spiritual growth, Mm -hmm. patience, any of that. Right. When my prayers become, feel futile and I experience the emotion, the challenge emotion after that, I wonder if that's actually the invitation to a deeper yeah. place, I, deeper yes, walk I of think faith. So. That's that formational thing that's going on. Like you're growing spiritually in that thing yeah. that you're not actually doing so that you'll grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how spiritual growth often happens. Mm. Um, and that's why I think prayer is vital for our formation because to live a prayerless life is to live a version of spirituality that's just not true. Yeah. And so I, what am I even being formed in? I, I'm just learning more stuff and calling it growth or something. I don't know what. Um, Can I put you on the spot? Sure. So given day, mm-hmm. what do you typically pray for? Well, it's... So we have three adult children. Mm-hmm. Two of them are married, live live in the area, and one's in the Air Force and uh, is not uh, not around. He's, you know, in Texas. Um, And so, like, so one of my habits is to pray the Lord's Prayer, but to pray it sort of piece by piece. And, you know, um, you know, that I I worship God, that his, you know, his will be done, his kingdom come on earth as in heaven. And so I might pray about in a sense, what's wrong in the world that needs to be right or that God would restore, 
it might be God would strengthen the church, that mm-hmm. God, that it would be the church that reflects God's kingdom, uh, that my heart would, that his will would be done. Uh, and then give us uh, our daily bread is more like, um, you know, prayer for my kids, prayer for my wife, prayer for, you know, and it, often at that point, it's there's prayers of, um, yeah, so one of our kids is in, I don't really know what's going, you know, you don't, you don't, you go days where you don't hear from him because he's busy or whatever, like right. what's going on and, and is he okay? And, and there's this, you really, I think when you're praying for things you can't control, mm-hmm. which, okay, you can't control anything. That, right. That's, that's the, right. At the end of the day, you learn that, like you never controlled anything but you realize you can't control it at some point. And then your prayer becomes sort of like, okay, he's in your hands. Do I really believe God loves him Mm. more than I love him? Do I really believe God cares for him more than... And it's this sense of putting that on the altar is formational for me. I'm praying for him, and I hope some good thing happens as a result of the prayer. But it's like you're saying, I'm... Like he's yours again. Once so again, I'm sub- I'm giving him to you. Part again. of that is a surrender of control. That's right, and that's like, for, that's formational for me because there's really nothing. There's nothing I'm praying for that I really control the outcome of. I can choose actions and so on, and I do think that's and that's so that so that's 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 one thing I do is I pray through the Lord's prayer and I use it to then pray through. So it's like a. It's like a template. I was going to say, it sounds like you pray it, but not just pray it. You pray it as a template. Right, I pray it as a template. Um, and I don't think that, I mean, that's just something I've started doing the last couple of years, and it's very helpful for me. But it also, um, it does provide a rhythm. So it's it varies, but it, there's, a ryth- there's a rhythm to it. Um, and I do think I need a sort of rhythm. I think for a long time, I'm like, you know what? I don't need ritual and you know, empty ritual, religion, mm-hmm. blah, 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 right. bad, bad, bad. And that's true. I don't need ritual and empty, whatever, except that when I was there, I didn't pray very much. I didn't read my Bible every day either. Right. Because I don't have to. Okay, well, if you make it what you don't have to do, then that's really not, and that's sort of a negative view on life. Like, what ought I be doing to grow? And what is a good rhythm for me to be formed by prayer or by the word? Well, that's me. I don't, I mean, I think... There was a, I probably vacillated back and forth growing up. It was like, oh, that formal stuff is just old dead religion mm-hmm. of blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh, it's all spont- spontaneous prayers. Right, I can pray anywhere, which is true. Prayers. Yeah. But now I come back to my head gets so filled with stuff. I'm like, I just need a guide. Yeah, right. I just need a guide. And so like you're saying, mm-hmm. like the, the disciplines the structure mm-hmm. of having these set times or mm-hmm. rituals That's in right. the best and sense of the I, word. Yeah. In the morning I do that. And then I will read a passage of scripture usually. And sometimes I'll read the same passage over and over again, but then some sort of something will, that will lead to some sort of, some sort of prayer. Yeah. You know, depending on the passage. Yeah. Uh, but, but often it has something to do with something I just prayed. Uh, and so that's pretty much my rhythm. Now I do pray it's interesting, back when I was more the, I don't need form and I can pray anytime, I didn't pray very much. Mm-hmm. And now that I have more of a rhythm, I will pray spontaneously more often. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like I actually do pray anytime more than I used to when I said I could pray anytime. 
because now I have a rhythm and now that sort of like, um, uh, phone just rang. Um, you know, now I have a rhythm in a sound it's, it's forming me so it, that right, it's like, what okay, it I'm, like. now I'm gonna, I'm going to this meeting or, uh, somebody's calling, okay, Lord, you know, give me wisdom here or whatever. Like that happens actually more often now that I have a rhythm than before when I didn't. Yeah. I just, I was talking about this with some friends the other day, cause we were talking about the almost the exact same thing. Like people were talking about growing in awareness or self-reflection and, I just think it's really difficult to do that regularly through the day if you don't have some type of chunk some of Some sort of anchor. Right, yeah. some sort of anchor where, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of something that you're practicing and this habit's going to shape you so that it's almost like a launching pad. Mm -hmm. So that it's a familiar place in the soul to where when you revisit it that day that you've connecting with God, mm -hmm. it does, it's not so difficult. Mm that you've grooved these places in your mind to come back to, and it feels familiar. Right. In You're a good already way. in that rhythm. Yeah. yeah right. Um, how are we doing? We're good. We're 35. Okay. Checking on the time. Um, so all of that said, there is still, uh, for me, there's a, there is a weirdness to prayer. Yeah. That I think it's just because we live in such a, a time in which spirituality or the spiritual world seems sort of, I don't know, foreign to us that this act of prayer, there's a weirdness to it. And I thought about that and I'm like, what is that? And I do think it's like, okay, so God is present. Um, he's personally present. He's there. He's listening. I'm with him, you know, in the same room, so to speak. But at the same time, it's the God who spoke the universe into existence, who's the, you know, other transcendent, that when John, you know, the one who he loved best on earth, saw him in heaven, he fell over on his feet as though dead, it says in Revelation 1, I think. And, you know, that awesome, majestic, holy, powerful. And it's both of those things at the same time that, it, there's a sense in which I don't, it's it's otherworldly. It's I guess, and I don't know that's a bad thing. I just I do think there that is a thing at least for me. I mean, do you sense that it's sort of a weird thing to? It's sort of weird. Yeah, weird's maybe the bad. Maybe no, no, weird's good, word. good. I think whatever because it is that for me too. <laughs> just as an aside, I think whatever prayer is for you in the weird sense, um, corporate worship is for me in the weird sense. When I think about people standing in a room singing to no one, mm -hmm. that just feels weird. Well, Even though I like it, yeah, <laughs> it's you just think weird. About it as people walk in, it is sort of—it's kind of weird. weird. A big old group of people singing right. to someone invisible. Yeah. So now I'm with you on that. I think for me, uh, one of the obstacles I have to overcome is I used to overanalyze what I would feel during prayer, and yeah. am I doing it right based on my right. feeling? Right. right like right. I don't feel like God is present. Right. So maybe I'm not praying right. Right. Or I'm not really excited about something I'm praying for, and I probably should be, man, I just get all sorts of tangled up mm -hmm. in a mess really quick. So yeah. I stopped doing that. Self-monitoring a little too closely. <laughs> so, uh, right. Which is my big problem of mine. So I stopped doing that. But I do think I, I had to get to a place of there is this mystery, this weirdness, this, okay, once I'm done overanalyzing, I'm in communion with God 
and I'm trusting that. Mm -hmm. And my words and my mind and my heart and are connecting and pausing and being still with him in this relationship. Yeah. With somebody I can't mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. saying words in my right. mind silently so you just let it be you just let the weirdness be let the weirdness to be like it yeah. just is right saying words in my mind that i trust he knows right right or out loud right or i'm sitting in silence right which for me is is one of my mm -hmm. disciplines that i i try to practice is as mm -hmm. a more silent prayer mm -hmm. of listening um but yeah i think there could be 10 dozen obstacles and we're probably all different people so we all got our own mm -hmm. thing that gets in the way of, of us moving forward. Yeah, and I would just say, if that's you, I mean, don't let the weirdness, I don't know that the weirdness is bad. Yeah. Because if it becomes too unweird, then, you know, is it too tame and safe and controlled and circumscribed, right? Yeah, prayer, don't lose the weirdness. Don't lose the weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, keep prayer weird. <laughs> uh, Bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> and I think worship too is the same. It, so I think anything that's truly spiritual, there is a sense of, and by weirdness, maybe I just mean otherworldly, like we're connecting to a spiritual reality that for those who don't believe a spiritual exa reality exists, seems like a really strange, I mean, we must seem crazy. Yeah, I just had this thought too, because you know where prayer will expose slash crush you is if you're in it for the short game. Mm, right. Because often you just don't get the results or the outcomes quickly. Right. And this is back to the widow story. Mm -hmm. She was in it for the long game. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so can I pl even pray from a place of patience and yeah. openness? Like, I'm going to yeah. ask for these things, but I'm not going to ask with if with this underlying, well, if this doesn't happen, right. then this. I'll be a dissatisfied customer. Right. right. It's like, well, I, I know I get to be tempered and know how this works or how it doesn't work, mm -hmm. and I, I, it's not up to me. Right. Yeah, I do think that's the, the sense in which if I really have a, if I'm really praying from a right place of faith in the right story and who I am and who he is, there's, there's a sense in which it's always the long game. And if I don't get what I want in the short game, like where else am I going to go? <laughs> yeah. Right. That's like, it's the, you know, that um, if I really am praying big prayers and I see myself in a big story, that it's always the long game. Um, but I do think we sort of, um, I'm trying to, C.S. Lewis says it, um, he says, the prayer preceding all prayers is may it be the real I who speaks and may it be the real thou that I speak to. Um, and I think that against the, the fake me speak, speaking to an imaginary God. Oh, that's good. And that's, I think, that is short game. Yep. Right? That I'm pretending to be, you know, I'm pretending to be some sort of spiritually dependent person. I just, I just, you know, it's like we talked about, it was the last time the people that wanted the bread. Yeah. Uh, where it's just, I just want the bread. And, you know, what I think, if you just want the bread, it's probably just say that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he knows just it Just be anyway. honest before Just be God honest, that's the real you. Yep. Um, and even if it's just, I just want the bread, Lord, make me want something better. Yeah, he can handle that. Yeah, he can handle the real you talking to the real him. And it's not the, you know, the distant him is not the real him. The, the one who's 
too small is not the real him. Uh, and I think that's a, that, that I can be the real me talking to the real him is an act of faith. And that if I yeah. do that often enough, there's, that's bound to form me spiritually into the image of Christ. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's probably, good. yeah, that's where we should probably leave it. So that's good. That's a good Lewis quote. So Jacob, you can put the real Lewis quote, and then can you grab the Kierkegaard actual, the real one for me? <laughs> he might need some help. Because... Yeah, put that in there. <laughs> if he Googles what you said, it's going to be. I, he, well, he, I think he's read Kierkegaard, so he was, he was looking at me as I was saying it, shaking his head. Oh, okay. Like, that's All definitely right. not uh, what Kierkegaard said. That'll be sound effects. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll do that, and I think uh, as we go on this journey together to talk about prayer, I would, I would encourage you to whatever your, to think of prayer as of something that's going to form you spiritually, and if it's not doing that, if whatever you're doing to form yourself spiritually is not doing it, then let's change it up and do something different, and uh, uh, and let God form you uh, in your prayer life. So with that, we will. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll bid ourselves adieu uh, for number 42. He's rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.